House Flipping HQ podcast, episode 13. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House Flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. What's going on, House Flipping Nation? Hope you're having an incredible day. I know I am. We just got back from buying a truck. How cool is that? Uh, first truck I've ever had believe it or not. And uh, oh, we're pretty excited. We uh, do have these toys for surfboards and paddle boards and bikes now that we're getting into. And it's just been hard to lug those things around. So having this truck is going to be sweet. So anyway, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, it's been a really interesting day. So I'll tell you a little more about that in just a minute. Uh, just to make sure you know, this is the second not second episode. It is the part two of the Ryan Scala interview I did. So if you haven't listened yet to part one, go back and listen to episode 12 and you will hear all about that. Ryan delivers. It's more of a marketing uh, course, I would say, than an interview. So go listen to that and then you can come back and check this out. Just to make sure you know, at the end of this episode, we do another competition. So listen to that and please participate. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Speaking of competitions, tomorrow is the last day of the Robert Fergoso competition. So head on over to housekeepinghq.com slash episode 11 and let us know what you are going to do in your business to improve your housekeeping business uh, or take it to the next level. Or if you haven't begun, what you are going to do to get started. And the winner will be joining Robert and myself at the Hyde Lounge with an additional 15 incredible house flipping experts. Uh, We will, oh, the Hyde Lounge, just so you know, is it'll be a Clippers basketball game at the Staples Center. This place is off the hook. Seriously, it's a really nice place. Costs five grand to rent out. Robert does not mess around with his networking. I tell you what. So go check that out. Tell us what you're going to do to improve your business. It'll hold you accountable as well. Uh, And we will pick the winner here in just a few days. So I really love this new format of dividing these uh, interviews up because it allows me to tell you a little bit more about what I have going on in my business. So from time to time, I'm going to do that a little bit. I think it'll be valuable. It's fun for me. I just love talking about what I do. I'm so passionate about it probably annoys people at family events, but this is kind of a way I can, my outlet, I can get it out. Talk to the people who care. Not that my family doesn't care. They just don't want to listen to me ramble on and on and on like I get to do with you guys. So this is great. So today I'm just going to talk a little bit about about my day. So just so you know, right now, okay, it's 4.59 on the dot. So almost five o'clock. I'll be wrapping up here in just a little bit. I usually, this morning I woke up about 5.45 and that's pretty typical for me. I don't wake up to an alarm. I usually wake up between 5 and 6 pretty naturally. I did a little bit of a, a short spiritual study, which I try to do every day. And then I just got into getting to work, just kind of some emails, kind of planning out my day just, or this week, just kind of looking at some things to do, just kind of day-to-day type, you know, boring stuff. Now, I knew both Vanessa and Mark. Vanessa was out of the field yesterday looking at some higher-end houses that we have in 
the Palm Springs area. And Mark, who does all my web stuff for House Whipping HQ, I know he's been pretty busy and pretty overloaded. So I didn't just want to sit here and load them up with a ton of stuff. And my kids actually had their Christmas singing event shindig at their school back to back. So we went and did that. And then after I said to my wife, hey, let's go grab some brunch. Uh, so we took, you know, with her and my three-year-old, we went down by the pier, went to this really good crate place. And after that, you know, next door, I saw this realty place, this uh, brokerage, realtors. I think I would know what, what that's called, but... <laughs> So I said to my wife, hey, you know, can you go ahead and take care of the paying for the food? And I'm going to go talk to these guys real quick. Now, I don't know what it is lately, but I don't know if it's because I've been preaching to you guys about talking to realtors or listening to Robert Fergoso and all of his networking strategies or what it's been. But lately, I've just really been wanting to connect more with uh, agents and people in my own area. You know, usually I'm pretty hands off with that. I have Vanessa handles that and I don't deal with that part of the business, but I just kind of had the desire to I, I, I kind of get my hands a little dirty, kind of work with you guys, do what you're doing. So I went and talked to these realtors, told them a little more about myself and what I do. And, you know, it's kind of funny because this morning I didn't even, you know, okay, I, I didn't shower. Okay, there, I said it, whatever. <laughs> I haven't shaved in like a week. I mean, I was wearing these shorts and sandals. The shorts were kind of stained. And, you know, I threw on a hat that was actually my son's hat. Yes, my son has kind of a big head. We all have big heads in our family. But <laughs> I threw his hat on and later I looked at it and like the brim was all crooked. And so it's pretty hilarious. You know, I'm, I'm going in and talking to these realtors. My point is just go for it sometimes. You know, the opportunity was there. I went and talked to these guys. And, you know, there's a few takeaways from it. Number one, you know, I'm not like super pumped. To work with these guys just so you know it's kind of a lesson of hey not everyone you talk to is going to be like that golden person but i was talking to this guy and just saying telling what i'm interested in doing and even mentioned i may be interested in doing some development or you know building some houses some spec building or adding square footage or taking houses that need work and adding to them and he was kind of like oh you know most of the houses around that you could build or add on to has it's already been done and i was like okay this guy obviously, you know, there's opportunity everywhere. Obviously, don't totally get what I'm saying, but that, that's okay. That's all right. He seemed to know the area pretty well. And we'll see. I gave him my email. Maybe he'll send me some deals. But it was pretty funny when I was like, hey, check out my website. And, you know, first of all, when, you know, he said he's never listened to podcasts and he starts hunting and pecking um, on his computer, I was like, okay, you know, maybe he might not be the guy to work with. But having that been said, you know, I, I did not know how to type until I graduated. I like until I was done with college. Let's put it that way. So, you know, and I know a lot of people who are very successful who are not good at technology, me being one. Uh, so I, you know, I didn't hold too much against him, but just saying he may not be that perfect fit, but I still went and talked to him. But it was pretty hilarious. I had him go to my Housewing HQ website and I don't think these guys were taking me very seriously until all of a sudden they heard my voice on this podcast. And it's pretty funny how the other guy comes up and he walks over. He's like, oh, wow, that's you. And <laughs> anyway, so that was pretty funny experience. Uh, but I told them about this networking event that I plan on doing in January, which I don't think I mentioned to you guys yet either. So yeah, for the record in January, I'm going to hold a networking event at my home where I'm going to invite a bunch of realtors in the area and just allow them to network with each other and then also get to know me more. I want to be their go-to person anytime they get a listing of a house that's distressed, needs work, anytime they see one on the market, I want them to know who to call. And I believe building that relationship, that personal connection that we've talked about so much is just so powerful, even more powerful 
than any of the words that I could have said to them at that moment. So I'll let you know about that, how that goes. And you know, you guys should do similar things in your areas. So they seem pretty excited about that actually. And I said, definitely let them know, definitely invite them. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So after that, you know, I said to my wife, that's where the truck comes in. We've been go to the beach sometimes. I've been trying to learn how to surf. I'm not very good at it, but we've been really mountain biking a lot lately. And it's just kind of a pain. I was trying to load everything up on the rack. So I said to my wife, I was like, hey, let's go look at trucks. Now we didn't think we'd be buying one today, but you know, it's just kind of how I am. I just, we have an idea and we, we go for it. So we go to the, the car dealership and I won't get into the details, but you know, we end up buying the truck, right? We trade it in. We no longer have our Dodge Nitro. We now have a Toyota Tundra. Of course we bought it used. I buy everything used. I'm not a big car guy. I've never, by far the most expensive car I've ever bought. I'm not we still have our old Sonata that we bought when we were married. Things falling apart, but hey, it works. So uh, anyway, got to keep that money invested in a higher yield, right? So anyway, bought the truck and then I start talking to this guy after we negotiated. Of course, I haggled with him and negotiated. And, you know, once he was doing the, you know, because of course I'm going to get financing for it because I like to leverage financing. And when he realized what our income was as we were doing, filling out the financing, he seemed to be a little more intrigued and asking what I do. And I talked about my business and how I pay. I, I always mention to people as part of my business, I pay investors 12% on their money. And that got him incredibly interested. And it comes to find out this guy has a bunch of cash, like stashed away in different things. He has home free and clear. And who would have thought, you know, a used car salesman <laughs> had all this money. So he wants to get together uh, right after Christmas and meet up and talk about how he can do some investing. And then after that, he talked about his brother who has a home in Irvine that needs a lot of work that he wants to sell and saying, you know, maybe we could buy that. So I, I just thought, you know, just a lesson learned. You know, I spent a lot of the day, quote unquote, kind of almost taking the day off, but there's just opportunities everywhere you go. So just minutes ago, uh, Vanessa called me again. And you know, Vanessa and I, we talk about once or twice a day. Sometimes we don't talk at all, usually for a few minutes. And that's really the most work I do on my house flipping business. You know, today, I guess I did go speak to those realtors. So I did a little more there. But you know, she talked to me about how her meeting went with this investor and how, you know, we and she really inspired him to Dell, and this is an investor like I really look up to. He's like one of my idols. But how working with her has really motivated him to let some things go and to improve and build his business and realize how that can be done. So that was pretty cool. And then he also said that he plans on really doubling down next year on his marketing. We're going to be his number one go to people uh, for anything he gets. So I guess my point is, I'm just trying to talk to you about my day and different takeaways, you know, take good care of your investors. You know, she, when she's given him this additional money, it just shows that, you know, we're here to take care of you. You know, we respond very quickly. We're here to watch out for him. And he knows that. So do that with your investors, do that with everyone you work with. And it comes around full circle. I promise tenfold. Okay. Well, I have rambled long enough. <laughs> Let's get on to part two of our episode with Ryan, the marketing magician, machine, maniac, scholar. Enjoy. 
So what I do, like I said, I start with the absentees and that's sort of the basis for it. But I have so many, I have between 10 and 16 subsets of just absentee marketing that I do because I'm looking for something specific. Wow. I'm looking for a problem that I can fix. So you guys, you this is why, no, no, this is why I just let Ryan do it for me and let him sell me the houses. <laughs> it's crazy and it's complicated. I get questions from people all the time asking me how I, oh, about detailed things about my marketing. And I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> ask Ryan, ask Vanessa, ask somebody else. <laughs> okay. So now let's get into, uh, as far as we, we talked about lists and, and the who to mail to. So we're now, now we're at the step of the market, right? We have the message, the media, and the market. Market, here's how fine tuned, I was going to say ridiculous, but here's how fine tuned I, I get on the, we start with the geographic and I think everybody does. So the geographic is the location. It's the where of the prospect. So if I want to buy properties in San Clemente, I'm going to pull, you know, my, my absentee list with uh, all the properties that are in, in San Clemente. And the trick is though, most people stop there. And that again, a huge mistake in my opinion. I get into the demographic. So I start with the geographic. Now I get into the demographic. That's the who. So I'm a 40-year-old male who owns a home and earns $50,000 a year, $50, a year and subscribes to uh, you know, consumer reports and has an Amex card. That, that's a demographic. Wow. Or I'm a 25-year-old single mom with a high school diploma. That's another demographic. And these are not ones that I use. I'm just trying to get yeah, you to get the yeah. concept. Okay. What I mean when I I'm say like demographic. I'm like writing this down. I'm going to go... <laughs> So, so how, do you, in, how do you get all this information though from like Melissa data or? Well, that answer is coming up. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to stop <laughs> talking. Go ahead. I promise that answer is coming up. It's in the rest of my notes here. Okay. Next step. And this is what I know for a fact, nobody else does on the real estate. When I say nobody, I mean the real estate investor side. When you talk to marketers, especially direct mailers, big yeah. direct mailers, they do go to this level. And this is where I learned all this stuff. Yeah. I didn't invent this. I just started stealing all this stuff and totally. applying it to the real estate business. Okay. So the next step is the psychographic. You got, the, you got the geographic, you got the demographic, now you got the psychographic. And this is where really where that attracting versus repelling comes in. And this nice. is, it's my opinion that this is also where the money is. The psychographic is the why. Why did they respond? What are their values? What are their interests? Do they have an affinity to a particular uh, association or industry or trade? What are their emotional hot buttons? And here's the deal. When I can speak to them and only them and twist the knife either away from pain or toward pleasure, that's where I win. Okay. It's, I like that you said away from pain or towards pleasure because I started to get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you twist the knife? And then you <laughs> oh, with, and then we do that through the marketing with the copywriting. We identify the problem and we get in there and we just hammer on it. And I, I just yeah, don't let like up that. because I know that. So out of the, the tens of thousands of pieces of mail that, that I might send, there's only one particular problem that I'm trying to fish out of that entire list. And I yeah. don't care about the 9,900 who didn't call. I just care about the one who did because I, I know they're the one. Love it. They're the one, they're a hot prospect. And you can, you know, you, you start to pick up on this if, when you talk to enough people. Some of it's just experience. I hate to say it. No, but, it's true. So you, me, you've got to, there's a whole other level when you actually start taking action and make offers and, and you'll start to ask different questions. You'll learn different things because you're doing it. It's just, you've got to get in the trenches at one point or another to keep learning. So let me, let me give you an example of, I can't even say it's intuition. It's just, it's just experience though. But so the one that we put in escrow this morning, when I saw her information come through, I knew before I ever picked up the phone to call her, before I ever sent her an offer, I knew we were buying the house. Yeah, you I told did. me, well, you told me that like, it was a week or two ago, you're like, yep. hey, we're going to buy this one. Yep. And then today you're like, we bought this one. <laughs> yep. You just know. After a while, there are the certain telltale signs because of all this work that I've done on the front end, 
to get the right message in front of the, on the right media in front of the right prospect. And so I know that when I saw that lead come through and the, the rest of the information that she gave about her situation, that's the one out of the tens of thousands that I was trying to pull out. And so that's where you focus on those, yeah. those guys. Okay. Cause yeah, I've so- never heard of anybody making, you know, what'd you say? Eight offers to buy a house. I mean, or wait, I haven't either. Yeah. That, no, that okay. is the number. Right? It was yeah. either six or eight. I don't have my, you know, my like up to the minute report, but it's, it's six or eight. I, I usually was, tell people you got to make like a hundred offers to get a house. <laughs> used to be the case. And you know, in, in a competitive, here's what I love about direct mail, right? So the, the saying in direct mail is you can make your money in the dark. See, yeah. t- most of the time, it's not always true. I just got beat out on something in, in Riverside that I was pretty upset about, but <laughs> by someone else who's doing direct mail, but most of the time it's me and the seller. Yeah. Now think about that compared to like REOs, you know, when, when those were the, the huge thing. I mean, totally. how many times did you hear? Oh yeah. You're for number 99 today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All cash over asking price. Thank yep. you, Mr. Investor. Right. Yep. Most of the time, um, it's me and the seller. Yeah, and awesome. I am the only solution in their mind that they're considering because I'm it. I showed yeah. up at the right time. Yep. So let's talk about um, just real quick. This, this comes down to the copywriting side uh, about away from pain or moving away from pain or toward pleasure. If I were writing an ad for weight loss, I'm, I'm selling weight loss, you know, diet pills on the internet. Which do which of these two things is going to have be a better hook for somebody who wants to lose weight? I want sick pad abs, or I don't want a horrible disease because I'm obese. The second one, right? It's and what is that? It's away from pain. Yeah. Yep. I'd like the six pack abs, but if I have to do anything other than take this pill once a day, and even if I forget to take it that day, it's still going to work. Yeah. I'm really not that interested. I don't really want it that bad but I really don't want to have a horrible disease. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? You take the so, first, but you really don't want the second. <laughs> so when it comes to the copywriting side, you know, as contrary to my own personality as that is, I really hammer on the pain. Okay. I, the because pain. I, first of all, I know what their pain is. Yeah. I'm looking for some, a specific problem that I can solve for these people. So I'll tell you what I don't do in, in my marketing and my copywriting. I don't send out a postcard that says, we buy houses. Are you in foreclosure? Are you going through divorce? Are you upside down on your payments? Um, is, do you have a bad tenant? Uh, do you have uh, you know, unpaid property tax bills? And you know, 20 bullet points of all the things that that could be. Brian, you're like ripping on, you're tearing <laughs> apart my entire marketing campaign. How horrible am I going to feel after this call? <laughs> you, here's the deal though, Justin, you and everybody else, right? Because I, I own a ton of rental properties. I get other people's stuff in the mail. Uh, particularly from Doug Van Soost. I told him to quit mailing me, <laughs> but I save them. <laughs> see, everything goes in my swipe file and I see the crap that people send out. It's junk. It's junk. And they're, they're throwing, you know, what, what do they say? Sling, uh, throwing mud against the wall, seeing what sticks. That's hey, not how to do it and get the type of sense like Some it. of it sticks, man. <laughs> You're going to buy some houses though, right? Yes. You're going to buy yeah. some houses, but we're, we're going to talk about when we talk about expansion, we're going to talk about why I'm so comfortable, why I was so comfortable earlier this year, increasing my ad spend by 40%. Nice. And, and having absolutely no reservation about it because of things like this. Creating because your ad span? What was that? Increasing my ad spend. Your ad- the, the amount of money that I spent. Okay, on marketing. Right. Gotcha. Right. Okay, okay. When I made my jump for this year on how much I was going to spend on marketing, it wasn't 5 or 10%. It was 40 and I'd like to see that double. Yeah, and we're going to make it happen. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Watch so- out 2014. <laughs> so here's a couple of things about copywriting and, and speaking to the, um, to the right prospect. Um, earlier, I talked about how much of my business is based on things that I don't want to do, right? So you'd think that as an affluent business owner that I would respond differently if you were trying to sell me something. And it's simply not true. The same tricks that work on, uh, what did I mention before? The 25-year-old single mom with a high school diploma works on the affluent business owner. 
you just have to talk to me about different things. It's psychology one-on-one is what it is. We're all motivated by similar things, right? We're motivated by love. We're motivated by fear, greed, um, all those types of basic human emotions. And we when I talk about twisting in the knife, those are the types of things that I'm talking about. So here's one of the things that you, with your copywriting, where you know you got it right. This is, I don't know if this came from Dan Kennedy or not. I think it was, um, I think it was somebody way older than him. Talks about um, you want, when your prospect, when your perfect prospect gets your, your piece in the mail, you want them to read it and you want them to think that when you wrote it, you were hiding under their kitchen table, listening to their family conversation over dinner. Totally. That's how specific you want, us, you want to talk to them. You don't want to talk about the, all the things I mentioned, right? Are you going for the divorce? Are you in foreclosure? It, all that stuff is too broad and too vague. You want to talk to them about their problem. And here's how you know you got it right. When they call you to tell you their story you know you got it right. You know you've really hit the nail on the head. Um, what you said in your marketing struck such a nerve with them that you, they had to call you and tell you about it. And I've had that before. I've had sellers call me and said, look, I, I'm not calling to sell you the house, but I got to tell you, you know, why what you said in your mail. Here, here's my story. Here's my, my correlation to that. And that's when you know you've got it right is when they to call and tell you. So you do a lot of different campaigns. You change your message yeah. up, I assume, based on the list and the, sure. the people that you're sending to. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Always. Okay. Yeah. Again, I'm looking for specific problems. I'm not shotgunning anything. So you're going to talk to somebody. I don't do the foreclosures anymore, like the NOD list. I, I don't do those anymore, but you, you want to talk to them about being in foreclosure and only about foreclosure. But again, not about the money. Yeah. What do they care about? No. They want to be able to move with dignity. Solve the problem. Yeah. yeah. And when and this isn't vindictive, you're trying to really help them solve their problem. And oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's the sleazy tricks and then there's the the ethical responsibility that that's on you now as the real estate investor to do the right thing. Yeah. Of, of sure. course. Yeah. For sure. We and we do. That's what we get paid for. We absolutely. get paid for helping people, for solving no, problems. Absolutely. I'm not gonna go off and I'm let you keep going, <laughs> but I got a lot to say. <laughs> no no ethics challenge, uh, uh, tangent there, but um Sometimes on those calls, you're going to get the ones who, who call to tell you their story. You're also going to get the ones who call because they're angry. And what I've realized by the same token is not to, I used to get really offended. And I, honestly, I get my feelings hurt sometimes. It's yeah. like, God, you know, what was just to say, uh, you know, people call and they yell, take me off your list. And why are you sending me this? And, you know, uh, when we used to take calls over the phone, my partner always just say, oh, you know, did you call Domino's today and tell them <laughs> yeah, to send you coupons? You say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and it's true. Why did you call me to yell at me? And the reason is, I struck a nerve. Uh, I said something that, again, I hit it right on the head and you're just not happy about it because you're not, they haven't come to terms with what their problem is yet. But again, did something right. So now, in my I've own heard mind, you say is time and circumstance will change all sellers' Time minds. and circumstance changes all sellers' For years, I've heard you say always stick in my head. So I think I got that from Ron Legrand, who I think that got that from, uh, oh, who's the guy down in San Diego? The, the options guy from like the 80s. Uh, Bob. I don't know. <laughs> Before your time. I don't know much about <laughs> options or anything. <laughs> Yeah, that's an old saying, but again, very true. Time and circumstance has changed with all sellers' minds. They sometimes they need to warm up to the idea of you know the fact that they problem that they're not going to be able to solve on their own. Yeah. So we talked about the the message that resonates with the the right prospect to the exclusion of all the others. So again, you will only attract to the extent that you're willing to repel. I don't care about the 9900 uh, who didn't respond. It's just the one that does. So you asked me earlier about um, the types of lists. Let me. Answer your question. Well, with let a question. me jump back really quickly. Yeah. Go ahead. How do you handle those guys that call and get upset now? You said that, that you've struck a nerve. Do you still send them an offer or do you not? It sounds like you don't send them an offer, but you did I, strike I, a nerve. Okay. Okay. I just no, want to make I sure just, we clear that up. I'm clear on that. 
No, I, I I don't send them an offer, and I actually do take them off my list because I just I don't need that in my life. And right? they'll I'm, call you back if they're interested down the road. I mean, sure, or they might. So okay, yeah. yeah so let's sure. get onto the the list. My my shift in that is just I stopped being offended by it, and I I started to realize that they're calling because I did something right. And that is so important because you know business is not okay. I'm not gonna say business is easy. It's it's hard. It takes a lot of work, but it's more of a mental game. Mm-hmm. And if it's more about controlling your emotions, because you're going to fail, you're going to fail a lot, you're going to land on your face, <laughs> time and time again, you're going to feel like, this isn't what they told me, this is what I learned, it's not working. It's not I mean, what they said how many seminar. times have you heard people say it's not working? What? Well, what's it? And what is it that isn't working? I mean, so it's all about just keep going in your mind. And if you play these emotional games with yourself, where you get upset and frustrated all the time for every little thing anybody says to you, yeah. you're going to be you're going to burn out really quick. So you've got to yep. count that effect. But one of the things that you've done to counter that is have someone else take those calls, you know, so you don't, you don't have to hear that. That's, that's right. a good. Right. Today, I just, I removed myself from that equation for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to manage it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. Um, so you talked about the who and, and lists, and I'm going to give you another trick that um, has really worked out well for me. So I'm going to answer your question about lists with another question. Yeah. Which of these two lists is hotter and more likely to respond or more likely to have an opportunity for you to buy the property? Let me, let me rephrase that. A list okay. of people who are in foreclosure or a list of people who are in foreclosure who are also dead. Uh, the second one. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now you've taken two, two catalysts and merged them against the same list. Again, we're looking for anomalies, commonalities, and patterns in the list. So sometimes it's not about taking one list. Sometimes it's about taking two lists, merging them together and so let's say I had two lists of uh, 10,000 people, right? And I merged those two lists together looking for a commonality. Let's say it was absentee owners who were dead. Mm-hmm. And I merged those two lists together and I only got 200 prospects out of that. Yeah. But think of how much, again, think about how much I got rid of and how much money and time I don't have to spend on the other 9,800. Uh-huh. And now I've got 200 prospects that are just gold. Yeah, love it. So that when I talk about merging and purging lists, those heard, are- When you guys first started doing your calls- I swear you talked more in detail. I remember you talking about some lists that you've combined and I paid for those calls and you deleted them. <laughs> They're probably out there somewhere. <laughs> I think it was like 50 cents a call. I think you owe me. I, I think it was 99 cents a call, yeah. <laughs> Did you, so were I want, you, were I you want to go the... back and listen to, yeah, it was one of the, what did you say, two people? You, or I, I think we had two or three people that bought the calls, of yeah. Of course, 99 cents a call to keep them? I mean, there was some good information and I think you talked about some of the lists that you guys merged and combined yeah. And you deleted it anyway. Yeah. And, it just, and you know, some of it's a matter of just sitting back and thinking about opportunity, right? So somebody who owns a property who's no longer alive, that's an opportunity, but that's probably not going to be one list. Yeah. Um, somebody who maybe has, um, here, here's a good one. Um, so you got an absentee. What about an absentee merged with a uh, unlawful detainer list, right? Yeah. They're in the middle of an eviction. They, they got oh, a tenant who's nice. a problem. I like right? that. Yeah. Let's merge that with somebody who has equity, but maybe is also... Uh, 30, 60, 90 days behind on their payments. Nice. <laughs> See, all, all this stuff came from deals that we did. Yeah. And I, I went, as, and some of the home runs, I went back and I, I had to, I went back and reverse engineered and I was like, what made that deal happen? Some of them, I found five or six sort of indicators of what made the deal happen. I thought, well, gosh, well, if I went and bought a list of that and put them all together, I wouldn't have to mail the, the other 10,000. I could just mail these 300 people. Love it. So <laughs> what about <laughs> an absentee owner list? with someone who is getting um you know fees and notifications from the city on code vi- oh, code violations right i mean obviously they're having a problem with that property that's a problem property they don't live there 
So right. they're not dealing with it for some reason. It's probably difficult. They're probably out of state or something. So, all right, I like it. So just combine, try to combine some lists, um, narrow it down a little more, do a lot of testing, make sure you yeah. really focus on the message, uh, hit the pain points, know who you're sending that mail to and hit those pain points. Hey, uh, out of state guy who is getting <laughs> contacted from the city. <laughs> I bet it really stinks to have your grass. So no, <laughs> you're, you're on the right track, yeah. right? You're speaking specifically to that one guy's problem to the exclusion of you everybody else. would be a else. lot nicer. I really am a nice guy. I'm, <laughs> I might sound kind of mean. <laughs> that, that part's a little hard for me. Actually, I had, I had to start hiring some of that stuff out as far as the, the copywriting, because it's just not in me to, to talk to somebody like that. And I, I, I'm not being mean, I'm not being degrading, but I, you do want to hit them face on with their problem. So that's interesting that you, I've never heard of anybody who hires out their copywriting for Ooh. the real estate investing um, letters. <laughs> that's really interesting. And I think you're right. A lot of investors are not like all these new tech savvy people that I'm working with and learning how to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the real estate world, but it's like no one in real estate, very few people know how to do a podcast, right? And my point is same with marketing. You're in this marketing world and you understand all these things that a lot of real estate investors could really use. It's just not the main focus. You can only focus on so much, but you've chose to focus on marketing. Right. I don't know where I'm going with that. But <laughs> I, well, I yeah. had a point in my head. Of what I was <laughs> Let me help you out with it because some of this actually you, I'm sure you would agree with is I, I'm, I'm good at copywriting. I've spent a lot of time, you know, when you, you and I talked about this not too long ago about what we actually spend our time doing. And I, I do spend a lot of time educating myself still. Um, I don't do very much reading on real estate anymore. I do probably 80% of my time is on uh, marketing and copywriting. I probably spend 20% of my, my educational time, you know, time that I yeah. spend yep. reading. Um, the rest is on like, you know, personal development and time management. Totally. And I don't do much real estate reading anymore. I, I read, uh, I don't know, maybe it was a couple of years ago. I learned that the first option was done like, it was like 200 or 300 years ago. Wow. And after I read that, I was like, wow, there really is nothing new under the sun in real estate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm just, I, I've got the basics. I know how to buy a house. Yeah. I know how to buy subject two and how to, you know, do a couple of the creative things. I'm not going to get any exponential results by continuing to learn about house buying strategies. Yeah. The marketing though. Yeah, I agree. You can leverage that. 80-20 rule. You're, you're focusing where yeah. the highest and best use of your time. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So as far as, you know, on a, from an educational perspective, that is where I, I spend most of my time now. Awesome. And I do still, uh, you know, I, I still go to s seminars and uh, do a, a ton of reading, but it's just on marketing, not real estate specific. So. so if somebody wanted to get some help with doing a copyright letter, who is someone they could contact? I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. The guy that I, I'm using currently uh, came from referral. They're not cheap. I mean, I, I just paid this guy five grand for like six letters. You know what? And that's exactly how I thought of it. I thought, you know what? It's easy to look at that and think, wow, I'm paying this guy five grand to write me some letters, but I'm really buying an asset, right? I, it's something that I can use over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I talked to this attorney and, you know, 500 bucks, he wrote me up a document, which shows I no longer have to sign paperwork. I can assign different people to do it for me. And it was pretty basic, but that $500 was very well spent. Yeah. So. And you could continue to sign the paperwork and you probably... Your signature is probably nicer than, you know, the people that you have doing it for you, right? But again, not the best use of your time. And there's somebody out there that can do it better. And that's kind of the conclusion I came to with the copywriting. I know good copywriting when I see it, but to have somebody with an outside perspective and that's all they do, yeah, total, totally worth it. And and actually, you know, when I sent him over the stuff that I had been doing and he came back with his changes, 100 times better. 100 times better. I can't even put a value on the, you know, the improvements that he made 
on the stuff that we're sending out. It's probably made you, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars versus the the five that you spent on it. So For sure. Yeah, so I use him for all my stuff now. But as far as finding a good copywriter, some of it's trial and error. I, I did get my guy, for, like I said, from referral from another uh, consultant that I had been working with. And he just, lucky for me, that the first one was a, a home run. So Yeah, but just basically Google copywriting, I guess. Oh, so there's find some... tons of them out there. I'm yeah. sure there's a you know, copywriting association and copywriting guru website that you can go to. <laughs> This is good, Ryan. You're getting me to rethink a lot of my a lot of my stuff. So, but if, if yeah. you keep sending me houses, I'm not gonna have time to do any of my own marketing. <laughs> That's the whole idea, man. <laughs> hey, let's okay. I'm gonna call it out right here. So I I'll end up buying around 100 houses this year. Next year, I'm gonna buy 100 houses from you alone. Oh my gosh. What do you think? <laughs> Means I have to take less vacations. That's fine with me. <laughs> no, we'll just systematize it. I'll, I'll help right. you. We'll get your assistant trained. Anyway, you might have to let me in on a couple of your secrets though, so I can help you better. <laughs> it's gonna be good i love when you came over and i'm like playing the guessing game like so okay i think this is what you're doing so i it's think like, this is like, what we should do it's like talking to a three-year-old right <laughs> maybe i'll sign like a contract okay these are the three things i won't tell anybody ever ever use no, all right all right let's keep so let's, rolling here let's keep going all right so let's talk about the uh, the turnaround you i know you want to talk about some uh some deal structuring and, and some stuff that we've done together and yeah what a Another shift that that has been for me. So I, you know, I had the breakthroughs with my my marketing results and my numbers and stuff. But another thing that, um, you know, I, I said I've, I'm real close to the hundred house mark. I think this morning makes number ninety eight. Um, but twenty percent of those have come in the last six months. So part of that is um, I struggled with this for a long time. You know, at least initially when I first got started. Why would I give something to you and uh, for five grand when I can turn around when I can do it myself and make fifty on it? All right. You know, being a wholesaler versus retailing your deal all the way to the finish line. The re- the answer to that is to, for for me now. The answer to that is I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much time in the day. You're way better at it. You have the resources and the systems in place to make all that stuff happen. I just don't want to be involved in all that stuff that comes after I get something under contract. Because boy, I, you know, I've I've noticed, especially even more so lately, when escrow closes. I lose interest in a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, I still, I have some rentals and I have some, uh, you know, a couple of flips that I'm doing on my own, but boy, I just, anymore when, when escrow closes, I just don't want to hear about it. I just, I tell my wife just to take care of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, sure. I don't care anymore. The fun part's over. I'm already, you know, mentally I'm already on to the next one. So the fact that I'm able to hand stuff off to, to some, uh, that stuff to someone like you, who's got the system in place, who is interested in it and who's way better at it and more efficient at it, that has helped me to, you know, put more deals in, in the pipeline for sure. Totally. Oh, it's a great, a great marriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm not that great at all the marketing stuff. So it <laughs> works out great. Yeah. So, um, and you know, a couple of, as, as far as the changing of the, the deal structuring, it just don't be afraid to give part of the deal away because I, like I said, especially when I first got started, I, I could never understand why somebody would wholesale something and not get the full money out of it. And the, the reason is, you know, it's kind of like, do you, do you want to be the McDonald's business model or you do want to be the Morton's where do you want the, I don't even know what a hamburger is. Is it McDonald's 59 cents or something? Or do you want the the $50 steak? It takes a lot longer to get to that $50 steak payday than it does to go turn the the 59 cent hamburger. And if I can do a few of those a week or a day or a month or whatever, it's more volume, it's more opportunity, less risk. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't take any of your resources. You're not going to figure out where to get the capital. You're not going to be managing contractors. You're not going to be you can focus. It's not gonna take your time. You know, you can yeah. focus a hundred percent of your efforts on uh, just the marketing and just getting those deals. So, yep. yeah, it's, I mean, it's all about focus. Where are you focused at? And 
I like it. I'm keep doing that, Ryan. Keep that <laughs> mentality. Now that you stole my hey. contractor, though, I hope you don't change. God, he's great. He's great, man. I, I don't give his name out on this call, please. He's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> I'm so happy with yeah, him right now. <laughs> I think he's pretty strapped. <laughs> but anyway. So let me give you the wholesaler's perspective on, on this, though. There's a pretty limited audience of true buyers that I would be willing to do that type of a deal with. Where So you and I are doing like a, a profit sharing thing. I'm not, on, on some of them, I'm getting paid up front. And those are the ones that I went out and paid for on my own. But you and I are we're, we're going a little deeper and, um, you know, sharing some of those costs and merging some of our resources a little bit more. But there's a pretty limited audience from my side of the deal of, of people that I'd be willing to do that with. And the only reason I am willing to do it is because you've got this, this great track record of having performed on so many before. Don't be the, the wholesaler or, the, you know, the, the person who thinks they're going to be a wholesaler and go find somebody who's never flipped a house before and think that that's how that's going to work out. Because the risk on my side now is you have to do your job right. If I'm going to get paid, yep. right? Yeah, no, for sure. So, and and again, because of your track record, I'm you know I'm I'm very happy to to share some of that risk with you. But no, it's a good, really good point, really valid point. It, it's kind of a unique situation, and there's I can count on one hand maybe the number of people that I'd be willing to do that type of a deal with. Yeah, you know, for a typical wholesaler, they're getting their fee up front, they they take their money and run, they're off looking for the next deal, and the rehabbers off in rehab land, and the never the tween shall meet. Yeah, <laughs> and so for anyone who doesn't know, you know, Ryan and I, you know, he started off. He wholesaled me some properties straight up. Hey, here's your fee. And we worked out some things to make some of the deals work like we talked at the beginning. Um, but recently we've talked more and more. And this has been not just a, it's been kind of an evolution, but we've talked about how we can take this to the next step. So we thought, hey, you know, what do you need? What, where can I help? So I'm helping pay for some of the upfront marketing. And then I'm basically the built-in buyer. I mean, it's almost like we're not partners, but it's like a partnership, but we can do our own things. So we're not, you know, joined to the hip or anything like that. But um, on those specific deals, he just dives into my system. He does the marketing to his special secret sauce list <laughs> and <laughs> uses, you know, his systems, his copywriting. I don't even know about any of that stuff. But then when he has a deal, he contacts my assistant who then um, lets him know what we're going to offer. And, you know, we've got agents, you know, all kinds of people out in the field who can let us know very quickly, you know, very quickly, usually within an hour or so, mm -hmm. uh, where we'd be at on our offer. So it helps him. He's able to get those offers in quickly. And then, you know, rather than doing an upfront fee, we just do a deal split on, on the back. So it, it helps him eliminate that risk. Um, you know, I've got a lot of investors. I've got a lot of systems going on that end. And I've got that system going. So it's, it's just been a great partnership. So what we talked about even more recently is how can we really take that to the next level, which is where his assistant comes in. We're going to try to get it to where he's not doing 75% of the things he's currently doing and focused on 25% of his, all of his time on the 25%. That's really where he needs to focus. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I'm getting excited. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> We're going to blow so, this thing up, Ryan. I hope you're right. So here was the, the interesting thing. And I, I feel like this for me is a little bit of a, a vindication. So I think a lot of other investors think that um, what I do is overkill on the tracking side, but here's why I, it's my contention that it's not. Um, you, you know, you're kind of like a, a fitness guy and you, you played sports. What gets measured gets improved, right? For sure. Okay. So here's how I see that. It's, if you don't know your numbers, how can you expect to improve them? I told you before that the industry standard is 30 calls to get a deal. Yep. I'm at 12. Knowing that it takes me 12 phone calls to get a deal affects how much mail I send, yeah. how much money I spend on the mail. Knowing that, like I mentioned earlier, has allowed me to increase my ad spend by 40%, 
without reservation. So you talked about, and also, you know, getting phenomenal results on that. It's my opinion that most mailers in the, as who are also real estate investors, they're just playing blind archery. And I can't even say real estate investors, really anybody who sends direct mail, because I read my junk mail at my house and I, I read, I see some stuff sometimes and I thought, wow, what a waste of money. I'm not your customer. Yeah. I should ne- have never <laughs> have received this in the mail, right? <laughs> what's in- I'm just laughing because I know how you called out Doug earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually not even specific to real estate. No, I mean, I just know. some of the, the well, junk look, mail that I get. <laughs> and you've heard me admit it too. So I'm not, you know, it's, you're just, hey, the hard truth, right? We're going to call it how it is. If people yeah. don't want to improve, it's up to them. But yeah. <laughs> one of the indirect results, as you mentioned, you know, I've seen these numbers. And so suddenly you've got another investor who has a lot of experience and is willing to, hey, I'm, I don't care. Let's, however much money you want for my company to throw out that marketing machine and I'll expand those systems. We've talked about other areas that we haven't even bought in yet that we're going to expand into. Mm-hmm. I will do that. And that's because of your numbers and you know those numbers. And I've seen those numbers. So it, it does it does make a big difference. Yeah. So here's how you, Justin, have helped me to think a little bit bigger on that. I was able to prove to myself, most importantly, that what I was doing worked in my own backyard. It was working in the, the two counties that I've always worked. I pulled plenty of deals out of there. But you kind of reach, I think with, with any business or you know, particularly with direct mail, you're, you're going to reach a point of saturation at some point. So you got to kind of start go fishing in other ponds. So what we did was I took my cookie cutter template. And I thought, what if we just picked this up and moved it next door? How would it work out? And we did that and it worked, right? We spent, I think, 2,500 bucks on a test. We got two deals. I don't know how much you expect to make on those, but I'm sure it's more than 2,500 bucks. Yes. (laughs) So it, it worked. So now that theory panned out. So now sort of sky's the limit. I mean, how far out do we want to look? And then we can start moving into other geographic areas using the same formula, the same template. You just pick it up and put it over here and let it run. And I'm actually really excited to see how that's going to turn out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. And I have no boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> so I hope you're ready. <laughs> I'm still trying to get comfortable with that. If but you I'm, and I'm Vanessa keep going it. back and forth on which zip codes, I'm just going to say, mail to all of them. <laughs> that stuff's important. Right. Don't tell me it's <laughs> not. I know, I know, I know. I'm just not very patient. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, they're coming. Um, and then Vanessa's like, well, it's Christmas, so we're slowing down. I'm like, oh, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, I agree. Actually, no, I'm, it's good. We should. We should. I'm, I'm actually pushing forward that despite of the upcoming holiday. So okay, cool. We'll just yeah. we just we'll go a lot bigger after. So yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, so, wait, no, well, uh, don't waste the dollars. You know, it's. <laughs> okay. I, I I think we're gonna do just fine. So that was the, the the interesting thing too, in in knowing your numbers and being able to take that cookie cutter template and first of all knowing what your cookie cutter template is and then taking that and start applying that in different areas and like I said, now it's like man, sky's the limit. And I, I've never really thought outside of my own backyard before because I didn't have the other side of the equation, which is all the stuff that you and your company are willing to deal with. All, you know, again, people are systems, right? Yeah. How do you deal with the people? Have at it. Good luck. Yeah, I know. No, um, seriously. And it, yeah, so it's... Uh, I just let Vanessa I, deal with all of them. <laughs> I just have to deal with her. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, let me give you one other perspective that I have as far as improving results and tracking your numbers. Okay. So the response rates, and I get this a lot, you know, what what kind of response do you get in direct mail? The answer to that question is pretty irrelevant in my opinion, because really as much about turning my money as you are as a flipper, Uh I just do it with mail. We've had this conversation before. I'm just interested in in turning my money. And as long as I'm making a a good return, I'm happy. I'm not looking, they don't necessarily have to be the huge profit margins, but here's the kind of interesting thing. So industry standard response rate on direct mail is one tenth of one percent. So 0.1 percent 
if I send a thousand letters, I should probably get 10 calls. Okay. Now think about from the perspective of what if I could just increase my response rate by 0.1%, but if I did that 10 times a year? Yeah, that's huge. Now, if we're talking about if I made a million dollars a year with a 2% response rate, how much am I going to make with three? Yeah. Just because I did the small incremental minutia tracking that nobody else wanted to do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I got my, my results up 10 times at 0.1%. It's huge. That's huge. huge. Especially if yeah. marketing's like your focus. <laughs> I mean, that's yes. That's way huge. Yeah. So um, like I said before, this isn't important if you're sending 200 letters a week, but if you're sending 100,000 pieces a year, it's Makes it pretty significant. So um, what was the other thing I was going to talk about here? Um, I told you 20% of my total deals have come in the last six months. Knowing these, uh, these key performance indicators will allow you to hit the reset button on your business when things shift on you. Markets mm-hmm. change, strategies change, resources come and go, relationships change. All these factors are changes you know, that sometimes you don't always see coming. And, but having the, these measurements allows you to make the changes that will have the greatest impact on your business. I love it. Who moved my cheese, right? It's going to yes. move. You just yeah. got to be able to <laughs> yeah. go find some I, more. <laughs> I, I, I kind of look uh, like a blood test. You don't want to find out that you have high cholesterol after you have a heart attack. Yes. <laughs> you're, too, you're too late, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, it's, it's better to know, know before. So um, I personally, I think it's kind of hard to argue with my, my methodology after you've seen my results. Uh, talk about that, that cookie cutter and now moving that into, into other markets. And we know we're going to get the same results. So it's, it's gone from gambling with your marketing dollars to making investments with your marketing dollars. Because in the beginning, you are kind of gambling. You're trying to figure out what works. And now it's just a matter of, I have results. If I just do this again, I'm going to make money again. Well, I don't want to get too crazy here, but you know, just to, speaking of limiting beliefs that we all have, right? I mean, if you think about the system I have of working with um, realtors and contractors in the way that I do, finding the right markets that are good markets, and then the marketing systems you have, I mean, literally, you have no bounds. You have, I mean, nationwide. Shoot, this podcast is being listened in like over 100 countries worldwide. And we're talking Mars. No, just <laughs> All right. Now I'm getting, forget about world domination. We're talking about universal here. No, but point is like, you know, there's no limit to what you're able to do. And that's, I guess, is a little motivational pep talk for anyone out there who's worried about making that first offer. I mean, it, whenever I see someone who's thinking really big, it makes me think, okay, I can do better, you know? So anyway, I'm excited, you know, to see, follow us on the journey, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it again. I'll interview Ryan again at the end of the year and see how we did. So that'll be cool. Put it out there. But uh, so real quick, yeah, I just, so we can recap the steps that okay. I did for uh, discovering the next evolution in my business. So there's real simple three steps. Start tracking so you can get a benchmark. You, you need to know where you're at. You need okay. to know what's working, what's not working. Uh, second step, look for the gaping holes and fill them. Like I mentioned about the phone not being answered. Gosh, what a huge problem that I never even knew was going on. But as soon as I was able to discover that, plug up the hole onto the next problem. Third, look for other, other opportunities to improve and scale your KPIs. Um, my friend of mine, Ellis, uh, gave me the saying, nail it and scale it. I, dude, that's awesome. I love, <laughs> I love <it>. that one. <laughs> that's going to be tweetable as well. <laughs> <laughs> nail it and scale it. So I mentioned the five KPIs that I have in my business. How much mail, how many calls, how many offers, how many deals, how much profit. Those are the, the five things that you can measure and improve upon to get better results in your business. And the, the things that I discovered, I was able to tweak, which has quadrupled my results in about six months. Love it. Love it, man. Well, you keep that going. Look, I'll, I'll take care of making sure we have the money to fund all these deals and whatever you need, man. We'll get them all rehabbed. Right. You just keep them coming. 
So, okay. So I, I know I, I didn't talk to you about this, Ryan. So I'm, I'm catching you off guard here. But, you know, I was just thinking out loud and I wrote down a note. You know, last week with Robert Fergoso, and I know you want to beat out Robert, right? I know that's your main goal. <laughs> Ryan has a cold, so he had a, he's coughing right now. <laughs> He hits the mute button every time he has to cough. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm good. If there's I'm ever awkward off. silence, you'll know why. <laughs> yeah. So did you hear what I said about Robert? I know you want to beat him I, out, I did, yeah. right? That's yeah. your goal. Robert, that's a total compliment because I told Ryan he was following you. He's like, oh, great. <laughs> so, I said, I better make it good. <laughs> I, I think you did a pretty good job. So we had a little uh, competition where, uh, you know, we're going to give away a, a free ticket to the Clippers game. There's going to be 20 other incredibly successful house flippers there with Robert's team. And it's just going to be a, a pretty awesome experience, you know, and the way they win is by making comments in underneath uh, Roberts. By the time of this recording, we'll probably be announcing the winner, but they're going to make a comments underneath the show notes of the episode for Robert. So I was thinking with you, something that I think would be equally incredibly valuable is what if we get an hour long consultation to somebody who leaves I don't know what kind of comment we got to figure out some, some kind of something in the comments um, for Robert that they had to do was they had to say something that they were going to do in their business in the next week to either either start or improve their house flipping business. Right. First of all, would you be open to doing that? I mean, you don't have to tell them all your secrets. Right. But maybe they can give you some copy and tell you, ask you what you think. And we can help work on more of a marketing focus. Right. Because you're the king of marketing. Right. What do you think? I'd do that. I don't okay. know that it needs to be an hour. Maybe could get it done in 20 minutes, but I, yeah, right. I, I, we'll I would do to... for uh, two people. We'll do 20 minute sessions with a couple follow-up emails or if you need it. Sound good. Here's the question that I would probably pose if this is just my suggestion. Okay. Bring us your biggest marketing challenge. I love it. Love it. Love it. And see if we can't fix it. Okay. So in the comments section below, write your biggest marketing challenge. Um, and this will be at househopinghq.com slash episode 12. Okay, so in the show notes, in the comments section, scroll down and bring us your biggest marketing challenge. And not only will we respond, both of us, or, or mainly Ryan, because he's probably better at it than I am, we'll both respond to your, your comments or questions in detail. And then whoever you know has the best challenge or the best whatever whoever we think is most insightful answer uh we'll pick two people and we'll do a 20 minute consultation uh focused on marketing really and you know them should have a few other side questions maybe you'll get a little more out of ryan as well i don't know we'll, we'll try especially if you're out of state <laughs> i'm more inclined to share with somebody who's not in my backyard for sure <laughs> exactly so anyway ryan thank you so much i think you nailed it I can't wait to uh, you know see what happens next year. We've already had a killer year uh, with things we've done with you. You know, even though there are a couple little things you didn't share, which I think is very you know I totally respect that. I think the key is you know you've taken action and you've tested a lot of things, and people need to do that. I mean, you kind of find your niches, you find you know your little areas where oh this works, I like this. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think you've added a, a ton of value and. I just ramble a lot. I just think you're awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I've given, you know, your listeners an idea of at least some areas in their own business where they can start looking for answers. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I just think the key is, you know, marketing is a big deal. And I'm sure there's different ways to look at this business. But if you're going to be marketing, really drill in on that. And those numbers, if you tweak a few things and you can double cut your cost in half, it means you're going to double the profit you're going to make, really. Right. You know, depending on how you look at it. So. Yep. 
All right, Ryan, go out there and buy us some more houses, man. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> That's what I'm doing today. <laughs> Sounds good. I better let you go then. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. Enjoyed. Thanks. Did Ryan deliver the goods or did Ryan deliver the goods? You know, I think in the real estate business, marketing gets so undervalued because we're always so focused on analyzation. There's so many different aspects to real estate investing that we forget about the marketing, but marketing in any business is key. So I love that we are able to focus on that so much. And I hope you really take that into your business and see where you can improve your marketing, where you can improve your direct marketing in every aspect to really optimize that return you're getting on those investment dollars and would love to hear about the progress that you have and and just learning about marketing in general. Now, in the interview, I mentioned to go to housekeepinghq.com slash episode 12 for the competition to leave your comments. But actually, this is going to be housekeepinghq.com slash episode 13 since we changed up the format. So go there, leave your comment on what your biggest marketing challenge is. And then Ryan and I will select two lucky winners to have a 20-minute consultation. I'll push them to do a little more if we need to, all right? And, uh, and you know, we'll do a couple follow-up emails. So would love to hear what you're doing for marketing, what your ideas are, and then give you some suggestions. And I really think, you know, if you get Ryan one-on-one, he'll be a lot more open. Uh, <laughs> he'll be a lot more open, especially, like you said, if you're out of the area. So be sure to ask him, you know, some questions that I want to know as well. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, go to housemanghq.com slash episode 13. Leave your comments there and we will pick two of you uh, to have that, you know, discussion, consultation, coaching call, whatever you want to call it. And I'll really be looking forward to that. So we'll give you, uh, you know, we'll say a week, week and a half, and then we'll pick the winner for that as well. All right. Well, Christmas is next week. And then we got a new year after that. Hope you're really taking some time, you know, to number one, enjoy yourself and your friends and family and, you know, just enjoy that Christmas moment. It's a really special time of year. Uh, But I also hope you take a moment to really think about what you want to do in the upcoming year. And I'd encourage you to take a few moments here, you know, if you have any time off and kind of write a Write a plan, write some things together. On uh, Christmas, uh, not Christmas, New Year's Eve, I will be writing a blog post on making goals and just coming up with the systems that you need to implement into your business. So we'll we'll get into that. So look out for that. Next week, we have Ginger Macias. And boy, does she do an incredible interview. And it's another action-packed, like, mini seminar. She literally... She goes through five items that you need to wholesale a property. Uh, She talks about contracts and paperwork. She talks about using Craigslist to buy houses and several other ways that she buys houses cover a lot of information that we have never covered yet in the podcast. In fact, I think it would be the, by far, it's probably the most hands-on how-to podcast we've done yet. So really looking forward to that. Uh, That'll be next week. We'll see you then. Have a great one. I'm rambling again, and we will see you on the flip side. 
This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com. House Flipping Nation podcast episode. House Flipping, um, I don't know. <laughs> House Flipping HQ podcast. Lep, le, le episode. <laughs> House Flipping card, card test. <laughs> That's a really big dun twister, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>